Maceo is back in the building in 2018. In this quarter with Brian Campbell returns and it's ready to tease the bag with another mess of that performance enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell is in fact the voice that you hear returning to the sweet science for the first time in the new year with a fully loaded podcast of fun, including a preview of Saturday's welterweight title bout on Showtime between Errol Spence Jr. and Lamont Peterson and a sit down with the cannon, former heavyweight champion Shannon Briggs. You like the Twilight music, Twilight Zone music behind that one. As always, it's the audio that you simply won't want to miss. But before I tag in Big Red and get this party started, let me remind you to do your part in this new year by spreading the word for the ITC. You can do so on social media with that hashtag in this corner. But what we really want you to do is head on over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, review. Give us that five-star review. Tell us why you like the show. It only takes a minute to give you this type of audio magic. You can do your part without any further ado. It's the man of the hour, the man of adopted Pinoy power. He's world-renowned author, editor, television host, and respecter, I might add, of all things cruiserweights. I love it when we're cruising together. Cruising was made for Respect was made for box, yeah. Oh, Rafe Bartholomew on the left coast. How is it, my man? Very, very nice, man. You know, and you, you, you got me just, just playing that music, just hearing those tunes. I'm already thinking of the Dorito man, Junior Dorticos, <laughs> getting ready to face off with Morat Gassiev. It's coming. The semis, the super, not the super six, because that was a different tournament, but the, uh, the, the, whatever, the World Boxing Super Series, that cruiserweight jam, it's coming, baby. It's coming. Oh, it's giving you the, giving you the feels. As James Foley would say, it's right in your feel house. All right. That's what I'm talking about. The great James Foley of the former Beard Podcast. Rafe, we, it's been a long time since we've rock and rolled since the 2017 close, our great, uh, year in review show, which is still available out there on the old, uh, uh podcast channels to check it out. But it's a new year, Rafe. Is it a new year, no limits for you? Is there optimism? Is there hope? When you look ahead at the schedule, which we're going to break down in a minute of what is on tap for the next few months for Boxeo, because this Saturday, like we said, represents the first card that really matters with Spence Peterson. Do you catch those type of optimistic feels, Rafe, after a few weeks off from the holidays? All right. You know, so so we talked about this last year going down the stretch, how you know, I was I was definitely pessimistic. I was I was definitely playing the every other year boxing is terrible card, and that 2018 was likely going to you know somehow uh, ream us in in a place we don't want to be reamed. Um, and uh, I I gotta say I feel a little bit better as the schedule of the first half of the year is starting to fill out. I don't necessarily see like the big uh the the big big fights that are moving the sport forward. Seeing the guys that we like you in am I we're gonna preview the the Errol Spence Lamont Peterson fight later I, I do I am I crazy about that no am I crazy about uh Keith Thurman probably coming back to face Jesse Vargas I it's okay but I you know there there a lot at the top level outside of the heavyweight fight outside of Joshua Parker which we which we got which got signed last week uh which we'll talk about a little bit later outside of that one I, I'm not crazy about the top end however all of the middle stuff is good that's the good red meat that the real boxing fans like you get these fights like nonito donaire and carl frampton out there in uh, belfast those are i mean they they aren't going to uh they aren't going to move the big needle but they're going to move my needle if you know what i'm saying wow wow well let me do let me do you a solid here in in, in um come on let me let me put some water on your ball uh, you know, the, you. cool them down for me. Cool them down. The red meat in the middle that you talked about, you know, it's fine. But look, if we want to have another 2017, we have to have a hero that appeals to the casual fan that appears to the general sports fan who used to watch boxing all that. Rafe, the heavyweights are the gateway drug for us to get to that. So the fact that we do have two potentially exciting heavyweight cards on the docket, I have to be really excited about that because Rafe, that has to be the face of the sport for this year to be a success and for 
boxing to consistently get back on network TV and for it to be in the headlines and for it to matter again. It can't be our version of glamour division, which is the welterweights over the past 15, 20 years, right? From Oscar through Floyd through through the you know the Thurmans and Garcias and, and Spences today. That's like our hardcore glamour division. The real glamour divisions are heavyweight and sometimes middleweight. And man, you have to at least be excited, Rafe, that the right fights are now on paper. The right group of guys are in this division. And I'm on, you know, different podcasts, different radio shows, and people are like, are you telling me you think these guys are legit? Like, this is going to be a real era? Like, the 70s and 90s? No, I do not think Joshua Wilder Ortiz is, you know, Bo Holyfield and Tyson or or Frazier and, uh, and Ali and Foreman and all that. But they're the right group of guys who are hungry and want to fight each other, and there's no business in the way. And I think just those alone... Just the fact that we have two fights in the next three months that could produce a a de facto tournament to crown the real heavyweight champion of the world in potential big money fights with our guy Tyson Fury waiting in the bullpen potentially to come in and slide in them DMs. I got to be really excited about where this is headed because it's to get to those casuals. Heavyweights has to be the drug. It's got to be the handshake drug, Rafe. You know that. Now, I mean, not, you know, not super fly. Not you. Not you and not you. Not welterweights, not any of those. It's got to be the big guys. And the big guys, Rafe, are getting me, you know, uh, you know, got me. Come on. Yeah, you know, break out the face loop, man. It's time. And talk about another another event that uh, everyone ought to be very excited about, man. You know, Victor Ortiz and Devin Alexander. Oh, you know, okay. As a, I don't I'm know gonna... if that's a hashtag old guy fight, but Brian, that, that I mean, do you have a feel house big enough to contain all the feels for that one? All right, let's go line by line. Now you're jumping ahead because I want to get into that one because that is the <laughs> sloppy Super Bowl calendar. Let's start with some news that we missed the last few weeks, Rafe. We want to look at this calendar, and a big part of that – is the news, the big news, that Amir Khan's moving back down to welterweight and he signed a three-fight deal with former enemy Eddie Hearn of Matchroom Sport and he wants to make an April 21st debut. We'll get to that loaded night and who the debut may be, but for the direction of his career, Rafe, and the fact that the end game for them seems to be Kell Brook in like an all-England super fight like we should have already seen, you got to think that this is good news. Like, I know what you're going to tell me, exactly what your guy Tim Bradley thinks about Khan. I know sometimes you're anti-Canelo, you're anti-Ginger, you feel the same way, but me being a, a, a diehard Khan supporter and, and, and apologer, I'm excited Khan's about army right here. Khan's army. I'm excited about what this three-fight deal can do because Eddie's the right guy. Hashtag earn with Hearn, bro. Uh, I feel you, but at the same time, if the, if the end point is the Brook fight, doesn't that suggest we are going to see two of these uh, you know, Amir Khan, Julio Diaz, Luis Colazo type fights in the interim. And I don't need to see those fights again. Like Khan, I, you know what I like about Khan? The, I will, the, what I hope happens somehow in this is I hope he gets fed to Terrence Crawford. I think that would be no, fun. No. I think that would be useful. And it would be a, you know, a nice name for, for Bud. Oh, hell no. Do that. Do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. hell no. Come on. You know I, how I, that, okay. Emmanuel is with me on this one. That's wrong because you know how it's going to end. That it's opinion gonna... is Kronk approved. It's going to envy a knockout. Here's what Khan has to do. you got to make sloppy fun fights. Upper-tier sloppy fights. And that's Adrian Broner, which they're trying to make, by the way. You saw hours before Khan announced that he was signing with Eddie, he tweeted at Broner and was like, are we going to do this? Like, you know, basically, let's do it, bro. That's the type of slop you need to make because, look. Broner might be, Broner might be too mo- too risky to knock out Khan, though. Because, I mean, look, I mean, Broner does have good timing. He will land clean shots. He just won't throw enough to beat most guys. But you don't have to land much against Khan. I wouldn't, I, if, if I'm trying to save Khan for that third fight against Kell Brook, I'm not, I wouldn't even. Even risk Broner. I'm saying the Crawford is a guaranteed loss and a guaranteed knockout loss. So only put him in there with guys he could essentially trick and outclass like an AB who's not motivated or an old Pacquiao possibly if he doesn't get knocked out. Those are the type of slop fights. Look, I'll give them one get well showcase fight to get him a win. Maybe that's April 21st. But I, I think we're going to see fun because Eddie wants to make money. And when you want to make money in your cons promoter and that's your main goal and you can work with pretty much anybody, then you can open the doors of guys moving up in weight or Khan making dumb decisions and himself moving up in weight like he did against Canelo at Canelo weight. Then we can make some fun fights here. Just don't put him in there against like guys that you're trying to get him a title again. Like That's not what he's here for. He's a celebrity, right? 
I don't. I mean, I I just read an article on Boxing Scene this morning where he said he wants to clean out the welterweight division. You know, he's calling out all the champions: Errol Spence, Keith Thurman. You know, he wants to avenge the Danny Garcia loss. What's that weight? I know he's not telling the truth, but you know, that's what he has said. What's the weight for welterweight? Do you remember what it is? It is uh, 147 pounds. Why? Oh, oh, oh. Clean up the 147 division this time, though. 147. Got it. Got it. 147. By the way, like we all like there's certain things like Jim Lampley can't say the actual date. He has to say May 2, right? Khan saying 147 is just is forever. It's going to be my, you know, right in my He's a 147 fighter. All right. So this April 21st date is getting a little bit crazy here, Rafe. We know we're going to see Khan debut in some form. You'd think on Showtime if it, if they could somehow make it Broner, it'd be like a Super Bowl. You kind of doubt that at this point. We're also going to see Nonito Donaire challenge Carl Frampton, which is I don't know if it's going to be televised, but it's going to be a heck of a fun fight. And now we're probably already unzipped once to it, man. I'm ready. And we're probably going to see Terrence Crawford against hashtag get horned for a welterweight title unification or no welterweight title bout. And now there's even rumors that uh, Azteca, the Mexico, the Mexican uh, cable network put out a full screen graphic that had Pacquiao Alvarado on April 21st, which is like, what, what? I am ready to turn up for that one. You know it. Like, only um, only you can at a mile-high mic fight. Turn up. Now, like, comedy-wise, right, that could be something. But come on, Mike is washed. Like, I, I guess, it, but I guess if the mission is to get Pacquiao well to set him up to fight Crawford, and if they maybe do it on the same card or at least the same night like we're talking about, then I guess that's not horrific. Then, then suddenly it's fun, right? Look, I mean, we've 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 sort of been going down this path with Manny, and 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 I've said it before, and it only gets more true, especially after that Jeff Horn fight, which I, you know we thought he won, but he didn't look good. His he's no longer in the competitive phase of his career. He's not holding a belt hostage anymore. So he's if he does a few fun, a few more fun events and manages to leave with some dignity, uh, I think we should all feel pretty happy about that. Well, that could be a really fun night of boxing regardless, Rafe. And we have a few others. And let's get right into this heavyweight business because March 3rd, it's Deontay Wilder, Luis Ortiz, the Barclays Center, in a fight that could air on CBS. That will be a big deal. And March 31st in Cardiff, Wales, Joshua returns for a unification bout against Joseph Parker, three of the four belts on the line. Rafe, this is you- this is feel spot approved. I mean... Both matches show a potential for action. And the fact that we really don't know who's the real player here, who's the real contender, who's the man of this division. Any of these four guys could come out being the shiniest toy of the four of them after this night. I mean, maybe Parker has the least likely for that to happen, but Joshua does not have a granite chin or doesn't have, you know, perfect 12-round stamina. This is going to be a fun month to see these two fights bookend that. And you know me, Brian. I I want unification. I I I look at look. I have three belts. I want unification, Brian. Um, it's a great. You know, it's that's, that's a big Max. Look at me. Max. I have three belts. You know, I'm saying here. I want five. Guys, everybody. guys, guys, come on, guys, 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 respect. You you need show. You need amazing show. Just call me. I'm staying here. I'm ready. Guys, everybody. guys. Kazakhstan forever, guys. Kazakhstan forever. Just tell tell your parents, Ray. Tell your parents. (laughs) Tell them you say hi. Uh, No, yeah, for sure. That like March, that is pretty cool for to for for those two heavyweight fights to be happening in one month uh, because they are both. Really, I mean, just those are like the four young get now. I mean, Luis Ortiz is certainly not young, but he has not. He's been on the scene for about the same amount of time as these younger heavyweights. And they these were the guys who had been looking good, had been beating lesser opponents. And finally, they're 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 all facing versions of each other in the same month. And, yeah, we get to see who looks good. We kind of have our suspicion. I mean, certainly. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Joshua is going to be, I think people are going to favor him pretty strongly over Joseph Parker, who just hasn't looked that good in any of his title defenses. Uh, But the other one, I mean, Wilder Ortiz is one, I think people are going to be all over the place with that because you can't, it's just, who the heck knows? We don't, we, people still don't feel that confident in everything that Wilder has accomplished just because it's hard to tell. You can't, he, he looks you know the power is 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 astounding sometimes he's so sloppy sometimes he's insane he's a little bit erratic you know uh and ortiz i mean he could you know he's looked like garbage a few times against against you know malik scott when when he didn't want to like chase a guy 
Uh, and sometimes he looks, you know, we talked about that Brian Jennings fight. Oh, my oh, God, he beat anybody in the world. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, the thing. So this night is going to be fun, this March 3rd. First of all, two fights in New York City that are going to be televised, which maybe doesn't make a lot of sense. I hate when the networks compete against each other. But either Showtime or CBS is going to have Wild Ortiz in Brooklyn, which is kind of a C block over to the MSG HBO card, which has Koval- Sergey Kovalev defending that WBO belt against Igor Mikalkin and Dmitry yeah, Bivol. Igor Mikimausevich. Yes. We, 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 we've discussed this before, but not, not on a podcast. Uh, I, I did a quick check of his uh, of his box wreck and was happy to find out that he earned his shot at Sergey Kovalev by defeating the one and only Dudu Nagumbu. Oh, who I think what? We only saw him once uh jobbing out to uh to watch Andy Fanfara in oh, Chicago one day. God, that's Polish the sausage king of Chicago. Uh Dimitri Bivol Sullivan Sullivan Barrera on that uh undercard there. Um so that fight's gonna kinda get stiff armed, but you know, it's going to feel big in Brooklyn, Wilder Ortiz. Are we morally okay, though, with Ortiz being in the spot? We've complained about it before. I did more research to kind of get myself up to speed. So he took the – he didn't disclose the medication he took for what? For his supposed uh, – Blood pressure. Blood, blood pressure that is also a masking agent for PEDs. Uh, if he just would have put it down, he would have been fine. And now the WBC is basically saying, we're fine with it. We trust you. You're a man of honor from this. Your hands are clean from this, so you can fight on. Um, we've seen much worse things in boxing, Rafe, but is that a reason to just go, all right, I kind of want this fight rather than not having this fight? Because, by the way, Deontay Wilder is going to be 50-0 and 0 before we know it. Like, that's the truth. Seriously. The guy's going to be 50-0 and 0 before we know it, Rafe, okay? So you'd rather have this fight than not have it. So if that's the case, and that is the case for me, we have to shut up. We have to shut up about Luis Ortiz, right? No, well, look, I, I, I'm more, I'm more apologetic for this. I just, or not apologetic. I just don't care. I just don't care. No, it's uh, like we will never know. Boxing is a black box. What really happens? Who has the the TUEs, the therapeutic usage exemptions to take steroids or not steroids, but testosterone? You never know who has what. It's it's all politics. It's behind the scenes. It's behind the curtain. And honestly, unless you're in the game, we're never gonna know what's really going on back there. I think you can assume it's probably dirty on all sides and everyone is doing whatever they can get away with to give themselves every edge. Uh, and that has to do with, you know, I mean, everything from the size of rings and the kind of gloves to, you know, banned or non-banned substances, training techniques, you know, spying and sparring. Uh, like that's it's just it. Boxing is a is a black. It's a dirty sink. And you don't know what's going on under that. If you reach down in that hole. Oh, it, God, it, it's ugly. That's it's not ugly. allowable. It's nasty ass, tangled hair, slime, Rafe. grime. That's that's it. And we don't know. So I don't care. I just don't care if they if they both Wilder wants that fight. He wants to prove it. Get them on some kind of testing regime. Ortiz and his people, please just follow the rules and, and, and you know, see what happens. Just get to the fight because all that stuff you said is gross. And as Teddy would say, it's just not allowable. No, you're not. That is not permissible. That is not allowable. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Rafe, we do need to give Wilder credit, though, okay? Because... He doesn't want to go 50-0 and 0 before fighting somebody, luckily, right? He wanted to go to Povekin's land in Russia and take a chance out there with Meldonium Head, and he wants to run this back despite this. So he wants to get that Joshua fight, of course, but he doesn't want to sit idle and wait for it. He wants to beat somebody to get there. That's the best-case scenario for boxing because Wilder Joshua, when it does happen, whether it's at the end of this year or maybe Tyson Fury gets in the way, maybe we see it early next year instead. You know, who knows? Joshua gets an injury. Joshua fights the winner of Hey Bellu instead. Like, anything could happen from here on out. But the best way for Wilder to build his brand to get there is to fight on CBS in Brooklyn and knock out the most dangerous guy who doesn't have a belt, which is Luis Ortiz, who is either 38 or 58, depending on where, where you come from. You got to give him that, that props, Rafe. Give it to him, please. Give, give, him, yes, give that man the props, because there's one thing about this guy that we do have to respect. That, hey, that black guy, he hits hard. Hard, Rafe. Real hard, okay? Very hard. It'll be and, – and, and look, just in the ring, assuming they can get in the ring, I really am excited to see that fight just because – they're two guys who we don't – it's going to answer all these questions. It's one of these great fights or classic kind of situations where you you know, the, you know you're you actually are going to learn something by the end of that fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean th- this is 
I could not be more excited about where it's going, the possibilities. I, I want to hear more of this soundbite when he calls him Anthony Josh. Anthony Josh. I just want to keep playing that. And I love when he calls him Anthony Josh, and maybe he'll call him that in the ring one day. Rafa, uh, so that's the jewel of this early schedule to me, outside of the fact that the big fight is May 5th, the rematch, Golovkin-Canelo. Not official yet, but we did have a little hijinks on the way there when Golden Boy's Eric Gomez came out and said, we signed our half of the deal, we're all good. And then it was even Oscar who came out and refuted him after Tom Lawford was like, well, hold on. We're still, you know, some talking points away. I feel like we're close enough where we don't even have to talk about this, Rafe. We're close enough that we're getting this fight, that there's not going to be, like, conspiracy theory. Oscar jumps in and gives Billy Joe Saunders double the money that he should and all that stuff. I feel like we're going to see it. So my only question to you then, unless you want to cut me off, unless you want to disagree, is where should it be? Where should it be? It should yeah. be in Vegas. That's where no, big it should it. That's the wrong answer. That is the right answer. Where, where, where? You want to go to Texas? Stop Come on, that, man. Stop it. Yes. Stop it. I want to fill that Jerry World Dome, okay? Because this is a better fight than Pacquiao Claudi. This is a better fight than Canelo Liam Liam Smith or Liam Walsh or any of the Liams, all right? Rafe, this is boxing Super Bowl. It should be in a Super Bowl venue where we try to break Joshua Takam's indoor record. Like, they should legit try to do, like, WrestleMania 32 did a couple years ago and, you know, fudge the numbers up and put people in standing room only spots and sell $5 tickets, fill the dome, make this be a Super Bowl. Let this fight be our Hagler Hearns. Like, let's actually set the stage for it to be that. This fight matters critically, commercially. It matters on everything, and it's going to entertain you, too. We don't need it in Vegas, Rafe. Let's go away from Vegas. Vegas is shady. Vegas is the reason why we got... That's oh, why, Rafe, you, okay? You are actually going to go there with this, Brian? You're not, you, you, you think that Lawrence Cole in the ring with Canelo and, oh, and that's such a good G point. is going to improve the situation? Well, he's telling Canelo, oh, by the way, oh, Saul, you're, you're up six points. Don't worry, okay? That is uh, a great yeah. point. All right, then let's do MSG because there's a rumor that MSG's in it, but MSG always falls out of it because— Bruh, State taxes. State taxes. Happening. But they're supposedly they want to give an offer that's like that they can't refuse. But that offer's got to be like illegal, illegal funds, right? There's got to be some like, I mean, that's got to be a really, it's, you know. You go, I mean, you know, a lot of people in boxing have probably, they know how to deal with an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> they, have, they may have, uh, they may have encountered those before. They, they actually may know how to refuse them. Look, if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm just thinking, though, like, we got to get this fight. We got to bang him. It might be fun, you know, to hit the guy a little bit. But we, 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 we got to bang him a little bit. I mean, we're not banging him. We bang got to bang him. We got to get this fight. Bang the drum. Make it happen, Feels right? good. You got you to gotta hit him. Bang him a little bit. Got to bang, bang that, that, that B-tard. Yeah, that's a – what is that soundbite from? You said that to me randomly. What is that even from? <laughs> it is something no one will ever know. It, it is a uh, – a basket, basketball coach in Scandinavia, I believe in Denmark, who a friend of mine played for. I looked the guy up, and that was his first YouTube clip. And uh, he's a good motivator. You know, it gets you, it gets you fired up. You want to hit that guy. It feels good. You want to bang him. <laughs> Let him shoot his load. I mean, I mean, that's the thing, you know? All right, Rafe, uh, as we go through this schedule. Um... No, 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 no. Stop. Stop. I love you. Brian. <laughs> Look, man. You'll you make me a better one. No, you talked about the jewel in the in the early calendar. How come we have not actually talked Dortikos Gassiev yet? Bradis Usyk. Come on, man. Why why are you why are you freezing me out here? This is cruiserweight Nirvana. Wow, wow. Uh, well, cruising was made for box, Rafe. So let me skip ahead here and tell you that on February third from Sochi, Russia, Murad Gassiev, Unie Dortikos. It's a cruiserweight unification bout that will serve as the semifinal of Richie Schaefer's Swiss Super Series, Rafe, of Boxeo. How friggin' fired up are you? We're less than a month out from this. That's look, that is that is the can't miss, you know, action fight of this whole tournament. Can't right? miss because I mean, it won't you will miss because it won't be on US TV, so you will miss it, Rafe. All right. Uh... You know what? There, people, are, there's some dedication out there. We will find it. We will, we will find it in Sochi. It will be on there. They'll get that terrible stream running. I, you know, I want to see it. But just, I mean, those two guys, the guy, the two, they, they're the, you know, they, just the the knockout power, the boxing ability, the athleticism. And that is a fun, fun fight. Uh, and and both guys have seemed durable so far, at least from what we've seen. So it could last long. It could be a real war, like a just back and forth. Great, great fight. Um, 
you know, obviously the the purest, uh, you know, the the purest answer to what the best fight of the tournament will be is probably Usyk versus the winner of that, assuming Usyk can beat Marius Bradis, the the Latvian uh, whatever you want to call him, something or other guy who uh, deaded Manuel Char once. Um, but he uh, that but you know, just in terms of a a, a like high level action fight, ooh wee, Dortikos Gassiev. I'm ready. All right. The first round um, succeeded in winning over my attention when I assumed I was just going to not look at it or care at all outside of our fun interview with Richard Schaefer. But it did pull me in. I don't know if these if this semifinal matchup gives me the feels, but I do want to see the final. I want to see Usyk, and I want to see him in there against the second-best cruiserweight in the world, whoever it turns out to be, and I, and I want to I want. I want to follow the division moving forward, meaning I want to follow the reign of whoever is the guy. Who's in the other semifinal against Usyk? Uh, Maris Bradis. Who's, I mean, if he hadn't fought in that disgusting fight against Mike Perez, we might feel better about him. He had looked good, you know, in, in a number of previous fights and, and has real power. Um, but, uh, you know, F- Usyk has looked so good. Uh, while I, I, w- I had some skepticism at the beginning of, of, of last year about him, uh, man, he has so many different ways to win fights, and he's and he really can move. I'm, I, I would not bet against him in that fight, uh, and maybe against anyone in that division. Even though I kind of have, you know, I, some of the other guys hit my field spots more, but uh, you know, Usyk is just peppering me all over. Do you think that uh, there's any chance at the end of this cruiserweight championship round fight that uh, Richie Schaefer commandeers the microphone and is like? Well, uh, let me say for something. We have a new O'Neill Bell. We have a oh, we have a we, we have, have a new Evander Holyfield, and have, his name is Junior Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> let me say for something. We have a new uh, Christoph Glasovic, Wadlarchik uh, Glowachki, and his name is is actually. I like you. I like sex. It's nice. It's nice. Um, all right, Rafe, I'll look out for that. That same night, February 3rd, uh, of that first of the two semifinals does give you an ESPN card with Turtle Ramirez against Habib Ahmed, uh, which I, I can't tell. I can tell you, honestly, I don't care about. So let's move on, Rafe. Um, you know, what I do care about because it's got sloppy Super Bowl potential. Let's be honest. February 17th, Showtime, Welterweights, Mandalay Bay, DSG, Danny Garcia against Bam, Bam oh, yeah. Rios. Um, it's a gross fight in a way. It's another fight to put cherries on DSG's Instagram, right? I mean, I know, like, you don't want to get Dad all fired up here, right? You know? But this is what I got for Oscar. I got fish, scale. Hit me up on the low, Oscar on the D. Yeah. Thank d- you. No wonder, I mean, there's going to be people hitting him up on the D here. But at the same time, like, it's it, there's a lot of slop potential here. Because DSG's not the guy he was. He's got six toes. And Rios can't nearly be as bad as the guy who got knocked out by Tim Bradley two years ago, right? But then again, do I want to see him fight again? Put all my emotions in one place for me, Rafe, and tell me what this fight's going to look like, how excited I should be. Come on. All right. Well, look, Brian, I'm going to admit here that I'm probably not the right person to speak to when you want, like, level-headed perspective on this fight. Because, you know, the same way I have this sort of irrational axe to grind against Canelo, I talked myself into, you know, pretty much everyone since Kermit Cintron somehow (laughs) pulling off an upset over Canelo, and uh, I'm still waiting for it. Um, But, uh, you know, so, and, and I feel, I have similar feelings towards Danny Garcia. You know, he's just one of these guys who... I I never I just never loved him in the ring and he has you know I you had to give him a ton of credit for beating Matisse uh but but man you know I just never loved the guy and I always find a way to to talk myself into his opponent and you know what I can talk myself into Brandon Rios in this fight you know he's yes that oh, time on. that fight I was look I you was can't, at you the, can't be I serious was, I was at the Bradley fight it was terrible. I have honestly, it was one of the like you've never seen a main event fighter, um, you know, come in just so unprepared. To, yeah, to do Alvarado, anything. Alvarado in the trilogy <laughs> bout against Rios. All right, yeah, well, you <laughs> turn know, it up, bro. You know, brothers in arms there. Um, you know, but so so if. Brandon Rios can get into any kind of shape, and it, they they say that he's doing that. He did, yeah, he looked. Not quite, you know, He they say he's about 165 pounds instead of his regular 190 entering camp. I mean, these are, I guess, good things. He, if, if he can oh, just, just be. Oh, just stop. You're just lying. This is such like. You're serious? He, 
<laughs> like, come on, dude. Seriously, come Gennady, on. Gennady, my my champion. I am serious. <laughs> I'm serious because look, that chin is gonna. You can hit Brandon Rios with a brick, All and right. it doesn't make a difference on that guy. He got he got stopped in Bradley because he was out of shape, and he just got he, he just quit. He got you know he was getting hit to the body, and he had he's like he didn't want to be there. It's basically the Alvarado fight when in from from Rios Alvarado three. Um, let me <clears> cut <throat> you. Let me just cut you off and put you back in perspective. I'm the biggest DFG critic there is. Like to be honest, like he's he has two careers, right? The first one where he climbed the ladder and fought anybody and had that like murderer's row run of fighting everyone at forty and forty seven, and then there's the guy who's opening up barber shops and Instagramming from his indoor pool. Like that's the other guy, and the thing about the other guy, he's not great. But that other guy almost pulled a backdoor cover on Keith Thurman in the in the biggest welterweight fight of the year, right? Like that other guy, like you may you may put cherries on his Instagram, but unless you're a slick mover. You're not going to give Danny Garcia problems because he's flat-footed mm. and he's got a killer left hook, and Bam Bam is going to be running head-on into oncoming traffic into that killer left hook That's Bam until Bam's it stops him. Career. If 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 he can handle it, which maybe he can't, we don't know. He couldn't handle but Tim if, Bradley, bro. He couldn't handle Tim Bradley. He now, I mean, that that was a different story. If if we see one of the one of the Alvarado or even Manny Pacquiao versions of, of, of Brandon Rios. I think it's a fun fight that he's competitive in because he's going to be active. That was like four he's years ago. Five, punches. That was five years so ago. He's not like, look, the, he, I think he has it in him because the, what the, the, the washed version of him that lost to Bradley was just out of shape. So this is, this is, it's a motivation thing. If they get that guy into shape or something like enough fighting shape, he could at least uh, he could be like a version of that Guerrero fight that 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 uh, that Garcia won uh, here in L.A. a few years ago, and it was sure okay. You know, Robert it was Robert Guerrero basically tried to be Brandon Rios, but didn't have sort of like the power or the inside craft to 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 make that interesting. Um, a decent version of Brandon Rios. Look, I'm talking myself into it. I'm no, sorry, no. Uh, everyone okay. call me dumb and crazy. It, you know, and and to. Count on be Brandon Rios to get in shape is a little bit crazy. But, man, if he is, then it's a fight. It can be a fight. All right. We are running low on, on, on time here. Let me speed up a little bit and tell you that <laughs> that February 17th date is, is a very busy date, Rafe, because we also has George Groves, Chris Eubank Jr., in yeah, that boy. WBA super middleweight bout that's part of the semifinals of the Schaefer series. That's one heck of a bout. I don't know if it's going to be televised in the States. And we also have another sloppy card brought to you by the fine folks at PBC, which I assume these will be sta staggered cards. I know that we'll get DSG on Showtime in the evening, so I assume earlier than that, on Main Fox, we'll get Devin Alexander against Victor Ortiz. Right, that's a sloppy Super Bowl. That's the that's that's wa hashtag Wash Welters. My idea of the tournament of the Wash Contender Welterweight season is happening in front of our eyes. Like Caleb Plant, Porky Medina on the undercard. That's fine. I love it. Austin Trout's coming back on the undercard. I love it. Devin Victor Ortiz stretched anuses. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> I, look, hopefully there's enough face lube in the house to to, <laughs> to keep the stretching of them to a minimum. Uh, you know, I don't want to uh, I don't want to bring in any of the weekend's uh, you know uh, backdoor action jokes into uh, into the podcast. Oh, but uh, let's say I wouldn't mind seeing that fight on Showtime because boxing Twitter would lose its mind to have the, the Hall of Famer Al Bernstein calling <laughs> the fight between Devin Alexander and Victor oh, Ortiz. Wow. After his unfortunate you know, For, for uh, reasons we don't need to elaborate on, but man, that would just be quite a uh, holy trinity. Alright, the week before that on Showtime from San Antonio, we get Mikey Garcia tra challenging for Sergey Lipinets's uh, IBF Junior Welter title. Rancis Rances with Wolves is on the undercard defending, uh, <laughs> sorry, going for a vacant bout against Carol Relic. That's the last I'm going to talk about that. I like Mike Garcia. That's fine, <laughs> but that's moving on. Um, you know, we get Superfly Part 2 on February 24th, which is Sorung Vasai against Estrada, which is a heck of a fight. Carlos Quadras, McWilliams Arroyo, Brian Valoria against some guy you never heard of. Pretty decent card. Scott Quigg, March 10th against Oscar Valdez on ESPN. But Rafe, that's the spring. Not bad, not great, but not bad. All right, it's got a, it's got I something like. for everybody. I like, I like. Uh, it's, it's I like. All right, you know what I also like, Rafe, talking to uh, the Canon Shannon Briggs. All right, because we have no idea where this is going to go. So this is in real time. Good luck to us. We're going to talk to the, the. I mean, let's go, champ. It's time. Let's go. Enjoy.
As promised, we welcome in former heavyweight champion Shannon the Cannon Briggs. We want to talk future. We want to talk business. We want to talk about... Let's go, champ! Let's go, champ! Oh, yeah, champ. Ah. The champ is here. <laughs> Let's go, champ. Hey, guys, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Doing great. Great to have you. Before we go any further... This let's go champ thing, you know, three, four, five years in the making. I mean, it's a it's a catchphrase. It's on T-shirts. I hope you got it patented. How did this become your thing? Yeah, I, I patented like five years ago, champ. Um, I just started, you know, I was I was out of shape. I had took like three, four years off of boxing. I was out of shape. I had ballooned up to four hundred and three pounds. Uh, I was, you know, suffering from depression and a lot of things that you know went wrong and changed in my life. And then at that. You know, I, it came to me, man. I was like, you know what? I got to get myself together. I had just had my daughter who just turned six yesterday. I had, she was just born. And I sat there and I said, you know what, champ? I got to pull it together. And I started saying, let's go, champ. Let's go, champ, to motivate myself and, you know, to push myself. Yeah, I like that. I like that story. It's pushed you. It's pushed a lot of us. I want to get into everything, your future and all that. But we we thought we were going to see you in a title fight last year, last June, against Fresno Kendo for a secondary WBA belt. You ended up serving a six-month six suspension with an increased level of testosterone. How, how, can you tell us what went on there and, and how that sort of affected you as you move forward? Well, Brian, that was something that, you know, I, I suffered from depression since I was young. You know, I was I was uh, single, raised in a single-parent home. My mom, unfortunately, was addicted to heroin, and she died on my birthday, December 4th. And, you know, I was suffering from depression a lot of my life. And I guess as I got older in boxing and, you know, I guess taking heads and really just take, pushing my body to the max. The pressure just seemed to overwhelm me. And I was prescribed testosterone testosterone by a doctor to pick up my levels because my levels were extremely low. At one point, they were down to like 28, which is the, the levels of an 80-year-old woman, unfortunately. And um, I was just really depressed. I wouldn't go out the house, man. I was just really suffering. I was prescribed um, over-the-counter over medication as far as uh, – I was prescribed – prescription medication and it just made my way go up it really made me feel worse and and i you know i went to the doctor and said you tried testosterone i did that and you know i felt better and i felt better and honestly i'm a 46 year old man i do feel better on it but unfortunately i can't take it because i'm boxing i had to come off and as well as cannabis i was, was prescribed cannabis and um hemp cbd and these are things that have helped me to you know lose weight again i'm, I'm down i'm in great fight shape and I'm looking forward to this being my year and becoming a heavyweight champion for the third time and the only man to do it in three different decades. Damn, well, and, and I'm curious, uh, Shannon, like the the pro basically you you read about, you know, on the outside of the uh, of the sport, we read about fighters can get sort of these, you know, the TUE, the, the the temporary uses exemptions when they have a medical reason for things like whatever, you know, whatever, whatever prescription drugs they may need. Um, but it also sometimes seems like that's a little bit of a political process in the sport. I mean, is that is it the kind of thing where you can apply to, to, to you know, use uh, whether it's, you know, CBDs or or uh, or or testosterone or whatever a doctor says you need uh, while you're in training. You know what? At this point, where I'm at right now, champ, and what I've been through, I just had to, you know, give it one more shot without it. Unfortunately, um, it should be uh, it should be something that we should be addressing the, uh, the different organizations and, and even on the state level, different states have different rules. We should be addressing these things. And that's one of the things that I want to do. I want to bring CBD, more importantly, into, 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 into the home of every athlete. And then, and then also, also because we need it. But aside from that, we need the organizations to get behind the treatment. Because look at how many fighters, and let, let alone fighters, people in combat sports and even football suffer from CTE, uh, anxiety, insomnia. Because it's brutal on the life, it's brutal on the body physically over a lifespan, man. So that's something that I am trying to address. You know, and that's a big part of, you know, you said it's going to be a big year for you this year in the ring, but also, you know, in the boardroom potentially with you launching this this new uh, new plans, you know, health and wellness line that you're in called Champ RX, backed by a consortium of well-known professional boxers. You want to gear toward elite athletes and mainstream consumers early this year. You kind of teased at that, but why was this important to you? Very important because, like I said earlier, Champ, I was just really suffering from depression. I was so I was suicidal, man, for a few years. I was down and out. I mean, 403 pounds. When I first won the title when I was 25 years old against George Foreman, I was 225 pounds. And, you know, I just, you know, again, just depression, 
the prescription drugs, I ballooned up, and I fought my way back, man. And here I am now. You know, I have nine fights, and I, I just want to, you know, I want to. It's important for me to to let people know to answer your question. It's important. It's important for me to 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 help others and assist with because I was I was out of it, champ. I didn't have I didn't have a clue. I went to every different doctor you can you can imagine: endocrinologist, psychiatrist, psychologist. I did it all, and there was really much much they could do for me. And then I started doing my own research and looking into, you know, the, the, the cannabis plant and the, the, the benefits of it. And it saved my life, champ. I could sit here and tell you on the phone right now to the people around the world listening that CBD helped save my life. Because when you're suffering from pain all the time, this is why people want to kill themselves. Pain is pain, champ. If I'm physically hurting all over my body all day and night, you think I want to live with that? It's hard. Fortunately, CBD was uh, something that I found and that I said, you know what, this is something that other, other people need to know about. So that's what I'm doing. I, I have a voice, I have a mouthpiece, and that's what I'm doing. I'm spreading the word. Let's go, champ. Absolutely. And uh, Shannon, you know, it reminds me sort of uh, one of your famous sort of, you know, viral encounters with uh, with Vladimir Klitschko back in what, 2014, you know, you 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 kind of ran up on him in the in the restaurant. He's eating the pasta. You, you snatched it. You said, you know, what you eat, I eat, you know, I eat what you eat, Chip. And uh, I mean, you know, I guess you could sort of, you know, apply that to the to the CBDs, you know, give it to, you know, good, good other good Vladimir, you right. know, <laughs> other fighters. You know, like, you know, I eat what you ate. Now you eat what I I eat it's good for you that's right <laughs> that's right champ <laughs> i eat what you eat and i'm and i'm spreading positivity in the world man to the people around you know we need that man we're going through some tough times in the world all around the world and you know a lot of people get down and look at other people on tv this person has this this person has that it just causes a lot of like negativity so what i'm trying to do is just bring back positivity to the people man you're the champ you know everyone's a champ not not because you want a belt you want a title you want a, a game or a championship you don't even have to be an athlete you are you a champ if you're going to school getting good grades you a champ if you if you're getting bad grades but you're trying you feel what i'm saying and that's what it's about it's about get the champion within you you know what I'm saying you bringing it out you telling yourself let's go champ Let's go, champ. So this gets Let's me fired champ. up, champ, because this is a positive message. It sounds like you, you know, with this new venture, you really want to do good. You want to take a, uh, a good news story for you and, and turn it for good. Do you, you know, how important is it for you also to kind of, I don't know, maybe reclaim your name? Because there's times where some people looked at you as a villain in the, bo- you know, in the heavyweight boxing landscape, you know, and whether I looked at the, the run you had sort of razzing Klitschko as sort of a, a tongue in cheek fun thing. Other people were like, you know, why is this guy still around? Is this important for you to kind of tie to tie this into your image and show people that, you know, you're here to do good, you, you know, whether testosterone test or not, you're here to do really good things. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, listen, it was all, it's all in fun, but it's all in work as well. I'm a, I'm a professional boxer, I, you know, and unlike, the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, and the NHL, those are organizations that, you know, those are, those are conglomerates, that real big companies. Boxing is, is, uh, is a sport where every man for himself, you know what I mean? Like, if you have a promoter, manager, great, but I don't have those things. I don't have a promoter or manager. I promote and manage myself. So with that being said, I had to do what I had to do to make these fights, to make a name and make noise so these guys will fight me because it's not like I can't fight. It's not like when I fight – People don't watch. I've had some of the highest ratings in TV, television history when I fought George Foreman, when I fought Lennox Lewis, when I fought Vitaly Klitschko. All these, all, all my fights get, I mean, even Francois Bolsa, even uh, Ray Mercer, my fights get huge looks. But the people, they don't want to, I mean, not the people, but the fighters don't want to fight me because a lot of them scared of me, champ. So what I had to do, brother, is I had to run up on them and let them know, listen, the people don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I'm here to tell you because because the the blessing of an iPhone, the iPhone allowed me to let the people see that I'm willing to fight everybody. I'm not a troublemaker. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not a street guy. I'm a family man. I've been with my, my wife for 23 years. We have three children, no outside children. I'm just I'm just happy to be alive. I'm not a bad guy, but I am a guy who, who who's going to go out there and make action, make it fun for the people. Absolutely. Now, uh, I, I wanted to sort of, you know, relive some of that, you know, that 2014 when you you really kind of, you know, blew up again in the sport um, because a lot of the, because of the, the, those, you know, when you were sort of following uh, Vladimir Klitschko to every every training camp, every fight, you know, how like how. 
how much of that was was just sort of a, an internet troll, uh, sort of a, a thing to, to make a name for everyone? Uh, and did it ever feel real? I mean, how how also how mad was Vladimir in some of those cases <laughs> where where you know you were you were taking food out of his mouth literally or or chasing him around on the paddleboard and you know he's like that's yeah. the last straw. Like you know, yeah. <laughs> how real did it I'm get? The best. <laughs> I'm the best champ. Let's go, champ. Yeah, you know what it is? Vladimir is a phenomenal human being, and he understood that I wanted to get a fight. He understood that, um, you know, this guy's crazy, but he, he, he's great for entertainment purposes, and he's going to, you know, call for a big fight. But at the same time, Vladimir didn't give me a shot. You know what I'm saying? He went and fought some other guys that were easier guys to fight. So, you know, look, I was having fun. We everyone had fun. I was really, really uh, bumped up because – you know, I really needed to. I need really. I really needed to fight, champ. I really needed to make money to feed my kids and my family because I'm not with a manager, not with a promoter, I'm not an insider. So I was the outside guy trying to get in, and here I had to do what I had to do. Glad me, I think he understood that, but he wasn't willing to give me the shot. I'm listen. You can say what you want about Shannon Briggs. Yeah, I'm funny. I'm loud. I'm crazy, but I can fight. I'm fast. I hit hard. I said I could take a punch. I am what boxing is. Boxing is about I was a guy who. I may not win all the time, but it's going to be a great fight. I'm going to try to knock the guy out. It's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be – all my fights are exciting, champ. Say what you want about me, but if you look at my fights, they're pretty much, pretty much exciting unless the guy was running from me, unless the guy didn't want to make it a fight because I can punch. Let's go, champ. No. Um and you know, I actually was reading this week uh, with some of the, you know, some of the news reports about they just made uh, Anthony Joshua Joseph Parker, uh, and, and I got I got a laugh out of one of the lines because I think. Uh, uh, Anthony Joshua called Parker uh, the king of pies, and now he was talking about Parker being, I guess, a little overweight. But it reminded me of you chasing Vladimir Klitschko to Germany when he's fighting Alex Leopai with the big cherry pie and calling out pie yeah. all the time. Um, but I, I guess it, it, you know, I, I'm curious what you think about these 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 fights coming up early, you know, in March this year. These big heavyweight fights you got, you know, like like Joshua Parker and like uh, Deontay Wilder and uh, Luis Ortiz. You know, what, what what do you make of those fights? I love him, champ. This is what this is what I you know, this is why I came back to boxing after years off because I was bored looking at Klitschko, looking at the heavyweight division landscape. I came back, I rattled it up. I think I you know, I rattled it up some. People started talking about it, people got excited, like what's what's going on with this crazy old man? And now it's back popping, it's going off. Um I'm looking forward to that Wilder Wilder Ortiz fight. I wanna see that brown. Uh, I'm I'm going to all three fights by the way. I'm gonna be at all three fights. Uh, I'm looking forward to that Brown versus White fight. I think that's a, a true brunch mm -hmm. match, and I'm and I'm looking forward to that uh, Joshua versus Parker. I think that's a highly skilled fight. I mean, I think those are the two high, most highly skilled heavyweights. I mean, people talk about Joshua, and oh, he's not. You know, his technique is sharp. His technique is sharp. Parker is super sharp. This is going to be a great fight, guys. This is a this is now. Listen, this might not be a fight. Now it, it could go two ways. It could go two ways. This fight. It could be turned into a slugfest early to just just to like get it right to it, or it could be a boring fight in a sense where it's very technical. You know what I'm saying? And so so it can go two ways. But I've, I'm leaning towards it being a slugfest. Ego's gonna come to the line. Josh is gonna have to put up a shut up. I know he will. Parker is, is super talented. I, I love this guy. I think he's. I think I think those are the best two right now. I want to see this fight bad. All right, let me let me jump in, champ, and say. The guy who's who I feel like is the wild card still is Luis Ortiz because we don't know if he's as good as he looked against Bryant Jennings or as old as he looked against Malik Scott. You're a South Florida guy just like him. Do you believe her that Luis Ortiz could upset Deontay Wilder and shake this whole thing up? Man, I gotta tell you, man, I'm not. A, I, you know, listen, this Wilder is wild. This Wilder is wild for real. He let him go, champ. He let him fly. Say what you want about him, but he let his punches go. He has a tremendous knockout record. When a guy is so confident in his punching power, it's hard to beat him, champ. I know because I'm confident in mine. But this guy is super confident in his punching power. You know, I get on him a lot. I pick on him and shit, but excuse my language. But I pick on him. But, you know, the thing is, uh, he can really fight. He's wild. He's strong. He hit hard, champ. He laying everything out. Everything he touched, he put in his sleep. Now, is his, his, quality, is his opposition top quality? No. I think this fight, I don't know if this is the fight that we're going to really find out. Because we don't know how old Ortiz is or how much he got left in the tank. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to really see. But I think it's going to be a great fight. I, I'm going to that one as well. 
man. Uh, and uh, that that actually uh, reminds me a little bit um, uh, I, that uh, earlier. I mean, I guess I want to ask how you plan on getting uh, into the, you know, like like how how are you going to get into the mix with these guys as the year goes on? There was the reports earlier. Uh, you talking to TMZ that you might end up in the ring with Tyson Fury if he gets to actually make a successful comeback this year. Uh, is, is that for real? Like how 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 likely can that be? Please tell us it's for real, champ. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, he's. A, I'm gonna tell you, I should have been that he's a pie, and I just spoke to his <laughs> his his, his uh, advisor, whatever he is to him, Frank Warren. I spoke, I spoke to him two days ago, or was that three days ago? I spoke to him. He said it's on. He said they they're gonna make an major announcement. They want to fight me. I told him send me a contract, or you know what I'm saying, or just shut up. But I think for the most part, they want to fight. We've been talking for quite some time now. I want to say maybe a month and a half, two months. We've been really going back and forth as far as um, those guys have to be licensed first. I think it's this week or right. next week. That's the that's key. Once he's licensed next week, then we'll make the announcement. But you know, I'm I'm gonna knock him out too because I don't really like him. It has nothing to do with nothing except the fact that he really thinks he's good. He beat Vladimir Klitschko. The fight was the worst fight ever. I mean, it really sucked. But if you watch, if you watch the fight, it was boring. Yeah, you won. Yeah, you won hands down. And then he talking about Joshua was in the slugfest, but he knocked him out. He knocked him out. You know what I'm saying? So I, I said to say. I'm just going to shut up Tyson Fury. That's my, that's my thing. I'm just going to shut him up. And when I do so, by the way, listen to me, guys. When I do this, he's the undefeated and undefeated, retired, undefeated, undefeated heavyweight champion. So when I knock him off, I think I'm the man after that. Well, t- technically you would because he's still the lineal champion. And this is a lineal or sorry, this is a lineage that includes you, right? It goes back to your victory over George Foreman. You were part of that lineage. Could you imagine the canon regaining you know, essentially the real heavyweight championship. No belts, but you would be the guy in terms of the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy. I mean, that'd be pretty incredible at 46. You, ki- you kidding me right now? That's what it is, champ. That's what it's going to happen. Now, you just, you just, my brother, you just gave out the plan. <laughs> that's <laughs> well, that's how you're right, because that's how you would get Joshua or Wilder from a marketing angle, right? You'd be like, I, you know, right. I'm George Foreman. I'm crashing the party again. That's right. That's the goal. That's what I'm coming back to do. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be it's gonna be great, Tim. It's gonna happen. We're looking at late May. He's going down fast and hard all around the world. People are gonna be saying, "Let's go, Tim. Get it. You back." You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Now, now, Sean, I wanted to ask uh, a little bit of behind the scenes. Late last year, there was a there was a video that came out from uh, your gym down in South Florida when uh, um, you know uh, Jarrell Martin from Brooklyn, he a big baby, he came in and had some kind of like interaction with Berman Stavern that seemed like it might have been lighthearted at the beginning and then got serious very fast. And I remember I was shocked because it was the only time I I've seen you in that kind of video sort of be full-on serious, just be like, no, 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 you got to get out of here to, to, to Big Baby at that moment. What, what was going on in there? Well, you know, I love Big Baby. He's the best. He, uh, you know, he came down. He was like, you know what? It's, it's action down there. I'm going to go down there. You know, he calls me Big Unk. So he's like, yo, Unk, I'm coming down. He showed yeah, we go, champ. He showed up, and um, he showed up. He wanted some, he wanted smoke. He wanted some action with him, Stavern. But truth of the matter is, I couldn't let that happen because, you know, I was working out, I was training at that gym at the time, and I didn't know if they had insurance. <laughs> so I didn't know if, uh, if one of somebody's head got split open on the concrete or something, you know, it would be bad news for everybody involved. So I was like, nah, 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 you guys just take it to the ring. And I, and I was, you know, it was cool, it was funny, but I, I, I wouldn't want to see no violence as far as, you know, I, was, I, I make my money in the ring. I don't make money fighting out the ring. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to. I don't like to see violence outside the ring. It's, it's for the ring. Now, if I run up on a boxer and I want to smoke with him, yeah, we're gonna get a contract signed, and I'm gonna knock you out. Can you can you get to back to a title shot without a promoter? Is this something you can handle on your own? I'm gonna prove it. You know, it's funny you asked me that. Is that Brian? You asked me yes. that. Is that Brian asking me that? Correct. Brian, it's funny you say that because I woke up this morning and I said, you know what, champ? I said to myself, I'm gonna do something different. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove to boxing. I swear, it's funny you asking that. Because I said this morning, I'm going to prove to boxing, you can get it done. You can get it done without giving someone. I mean, you look, you give, your, you give the promoter, you give the manager 33%, you give the, you give the trainer 10%, and you give the uh, promoter 15%. You do the math. You know what I'm saying? Then you give Uncle Sam 27%, or you know what I'm saying? If you're lucky, you're lucky. And then you, you leave with nothing, let alone you had to borrow this, you had to borrow that to get to the fight for training camp, for groceries, for supplements. It's, it's, it's a game that I played for 32 years, champ, Brian, and, and all I did was 
chasing my tail. So now I'm fortunate to be in the CBD business, Champ Rx CBD. Check out the website, champrxcbd.com. I'm in a business where I'm a farmer now, Champ. I'm a farmer. I'm growing. But now I'm going to use the money from boxing to promote myself back into action. You know, so if the Fury fight doesn't happen in May, I'm going to stay busy. I'm going to stay fighting once a month. Every well, every every six or seven weeks, I'm going to stay busy, stay fighting all around the world. I'm going to go travel, and I'm going to be knocking out pods. Every every six, seven weeks, my own show, paid for and sponsored by Corex Bioscience and Champ Rx DVD. There it is. There it is. I like that. I like you got to got He's a man with a plan. A lot of action. I like how you broke down the percentage of a fighter. This percentage goes to this guy. Then Don King will come in and take what seventy five percent of what's left. So you've been up and, and you down. Got nothing. Yeah, you've been <laughs> up and down the roads. I wanted to ask you one thing. I hope I don't strike a nerve because I know this was an earlier time in your career. We have a lot of fun on this show playing Teddy Atlas sound drops, playing up his craziness, enjoying what Teddy Atlas brought to this sport, but understanding how ridiculous it is at times. I read in his book that the two of you once cleaned house on a street in, like, Mississippi one time. You got any good Teddy Atlas stories to share with us? <laughs> yeah, Jerry, Teddy's the best. Um, we had a lot of we had a lot of action. I mean, Teddy was a, an intense guy. Uh, I was a young kid. Um, you know, we, we <laughs> that, that Mississippi thing was was one hell of a day. But um, there's so many. I can't be honest with you, Champ. There's so many. I'd have to really sit down and, and, and think about it. There's so many. Every day with Teddy was an intense day. <laughs> well, if you want to make an intense comeback, that's an intense trainer to reunite with, right there, champ. You know yes, what I'm talking indeed. about. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. But you know, right, right now, guys, I'm in the best shape of my life, physically, mentally, and even financially, which means a lot. Because, like I said, when you're working, when you're working just to, to uh, pay people back, and when you're fighting, you can't afford to, you know, take your family on trips. You can't afford to even sometimes, you know, go put a good meal on your table. It's, it's tough, man. So. I'm in a great business in the CBD hemp business. Uh, I'm part of a public company, Corex Bioscience. You guys check out the check out the stock, the ticker CXBX. And um, you know, I'm just really I'm in a good place, champ. I'm 46,000 years old, but I feel great, man. I feel like you know, right now it's my time financially, physically. I'm in every way ready to make a, a great 2018 and become heavyweight champion in the world. Everything happens for a reason, guys. And I believe me being suspended, everything happened was a, was a step back. I, now I'm in position now to take 15 steps forward. Well, we'll be, we're going to have fun watching you get there, champ. We appreciate your time so much. We uh, Personally, I hope you get this Tyson Fury fight. It would be a big deal. It would be an interesting matchup because I don't know what they use for weight out there. What do they use, stone? This guy's many stone yeah. right now. This is a big dude right now. This would be the best chance to take that take him out. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, champ. You got you want to cut a promo on the way out? You want to do anything crazy? What do you got for us? <laughs> I just want to say to you guys, man, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. This means a lot to me, man, because, you know, it's all about promoting and keeping my name out there and keep, letting people know about, you know, what I'm doing, my, my company and everything. So I really want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. And I want to do one thing. I want to send you a let's go champ, and I need one from y'all. Let me get a let's go champ. Let's go champ. Let's go champ. That's what Ooh. I'm talking about. Fired up <laughs> on the right. way out. <laughs> Let's go, champ. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Talk to you again. Thank you. All right. Shannon Briggs, special thanks for joining the show. Uh, yeah, no analysis needed, Rafe. That that was something. But uh, I want to, before we sign off here, I want to get into this weekend's action. All right. We spent a lot of time talking about the next few months. Let's talk about this weekend on Showtime, Barclays Center, Brooklyn, Saturday night. Braidfart. Errol Spence oh. Jr., thank you. There's a, Look at that. And, uh, could I really brain fart there? Errol Spence Jr. defending that IBF welterweight title against Lamont Peterson. Uh, it's kind of like a good fight, first fight that matters of 2018, but it's also really predictable, I think. Where do you sit? I mean, where do you sit? Like, it's one of those where, like, I know how it's going to end, but I think this is the right test. Good fight. I don't. I would not. I would not put it on, say, a Garcia Rios level, personally. Um, but no. I. I mean, to me, this reminds me of early last year, the uh, the Terence Crawford Felix Diaz fight, where it's like, okay, we've seen this guy before. He is a respectable opponent, and we know that he probably basically doesn't belong in the ring with the better fighter, who well, in this comparison. case, Errol Spence. Yeah, it's uh, a good comparison and, because and, Diaz. I thought beat Peterson and got screwed, and then Diaz basically got shut out by Terrence Crawford. So you're telling me Lamont Peterson's going to get shut out by Errol Spence, probably? Then. I think he's going to get knocked out by Errol Spence, yeah. and uh, you know, at the at least at least you know we will we'll be able to anoint yet another 
new Manny Pacquiao. Ah. After here's yeah. why it's the right after fight. After you though. knock out Lamont Peterson, you immediately become that. Because Peterson moved up to 147. He looks fresher, better after not making that hard weight cut. He won the worst of the four titles, the WBA belt against that guy David. Avenison, the guy who beat old oh, Shane yeah, Mosley. He beat uh did he beat uh Shane or did he beat somebody who beat Shane? He beat somebody who beat Shane. he beat David Avenison who beat Shane in that title yeah. fight. Somehow Shane walked into a title fight. Unreal. Anyway, uh what this puts Peterson is he had to give up that belt to get this fight. So it's basically a unification. I'm okay for with it because Peterson's got experience. He can there is potential that he takes this deep. Obviously the lack of power is gonna prevent him from winning the fight. So we're gonna so the only way that we learned something from this fight is if Spence has the worst night of his pro career and Peterson just, you know, outwizards him, not, you know, outwizards him, not likely, or Spence, let's say, struggles to a decision win where you're like, maybe he's not Terrence Crawford. Maybe he's not Lomachenko. Maybe he's in the pound for pound discussion coming off that Kell Brook win, but a tiny step back from that group. That's really what we want to find out. Really, like, how great Spence is, right? Like, you no one's going to pick against him here, so you're trying to find out how great he is. I'm just mad we didn't see him again in 2017 after the Kell Brook fight. He's on that PBC schedule, which sometimes comes down to once per year. But you know what? If this is the setup to a real fight next, and hopefully it's Thurman for all our luck. It probably won't be with Keith coming off of elbow surgery. But even if it was Sean Porter next, I'm fine. I'm fine with it, okay? I'm fine with it. Take that. Yeah, I mean, look, we we expected this, you know, I mean, and Spence, may, you know, if it other than it being sort of a slow schedule wise, you know, with it coming around, if this if the sort of the the charity defense or like the, you know, the the soft defense after, you know, after the, the really great win over Kell Brook last year came a little earlier, late last year. I don't think we would have minded that much. Just been waiting so long for Errol Spence to get back in the ring, and it's this fight, and it's a fight that is hard to get that excited about. Uh, I think he's going to look great. I don't think he's going to struggle. I think, you know, I mean, there's no reason. Every time we've seen this guy, look, I think Lamont Peterson, honestly, is probably on a Chris Algieri, Leonard Bundu oh, level when it comes to welterweights, and and he's he's had a better career. He's gotten to fight better guys. I don't think he. I don't know if he's that much better than those dudes. He would take and I Chris think, Algieri's lunch and his avocados. All right, come on. I don't. You know. Uh, it, hopefully, it happens someday. Uh, yeah. Again, it is what it is. Uh, look, here's what Spence is going to do. He's going to hit him with big, big, heavy counter shots, and he's going to chip him, chop away at him, and chop him down. It's not going to be, I don't think, as explosive an early knockout as Prime Matisse was against Peterson back, you know, four or five years ago. But I think it's a mid, mid six, seventh round uh, TKO. I think he's going to drop yeah. him with something hard, and that's going to be the end of it. One thing that's fun about Lamont Peterson is that he he's one of those fighters who when it's you know when when he starts to get hit he comes back you know he he stays in the oh, pocket and tries yeah. to you know he's he's a guy who doesn't like run from the day you know when when he starts to lose he usually walks deeper into the you know he walks into deeper waters than uh than, than running for shallower waters which makes for some fun exchanges and hopefully will make it a fun fight while it lasts because he's he's obviously good enough to you know to to land some punches back on Errol Spence which hey you know we, we've seen Kel Brook land some punches on him but I wouldn't mind seeing what happens when other guys do too oh absolutely and you know I mean we've seen Peterson against the last decent version of Victor Ortiz, like, you know, fight back and battle back to force a draw and just be really tricky. We've also seen both versions of him against DSG, right? The one that that kind of boxed from a distance for six rounds and the one that brought it, which was similar to his performance against Amir Khan, which he ended up, didn't he pop 34? Don't we forget that ever happened? Oh, I believe that there that that he he got some exemption or he was never is that ruled a no contest though I don't think no I they think never it ruled stays that. on Con the record got screwed on the cards. but he he they did find some like strange testosterone pellets in his armpits which you know hey <laughs> sometimes you just gotta you know take a little bit of you know a little bit of cow hormone in the armpit oh, you know wow. give me a break guys right in the armpit uh, Rafe that co-main I don't hate it's Robert Easter Jr. defending his IBF lightweight belt against Javier Fortuna the former titleist Rafe I think Robert Easter is really good. Do you have you seen much of him? The Southpaw can box long sure, arms. Yeah, can, the, the Richard can... Kami fight was real fun. I mean, oh, yeah. I think the size, the size. Yeah, I mean, his height, his power. He can move. He seems to know what he's doing in there. He... I like him, and and I don't. I think he's gonna wash Fortuna actually at this point. I mean, Fortuna got washed quick, by the way. But I think uh, you know, do we have? poor man's Terrence Crawford potential. Just if you look at their frame, I'm talking about Robert Easter, you look at their ability to to mix boxing and punching. I mean, certainly he's not on that level, but could he get there? I don't know if he gets that far, but yeah, I see what you're saying, and, and why not? And also, I don't, I don't know if I want to 
put the uh, put a put a clear ceiling on what we think of Robert Easter right now, right? I mean, he's he's really just reaching the point in his career where he's going to uh, start proving himself and hopefully get get a shot at somebody like uh, like Jorge Linares later in the year, or uh, because Linares has to, assuming Linares can get through the the very difficult Mercito Hesta. Uh, <laughs> But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I think Easter is good and, and could prove himself a lot better than we give him credit for. And we give him credit for being very good, but he could be even better. Yeah, I mean, we last time we saw him was last June in that slugfest with Denis Shafikov, which was a, a very entertaining bout. Those are good. He's beaten good fighters who are tough and not like, like you know, you don't, most guys can, if they can avoid them, they will. Like Shafikov, Kami, these are enter- like guys who keep coming can take punches and, 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 you know, real contenders, guys who are not getting an easy route and he's winning those fights. And, and I think he's, I, I, I imagine he grows from that, those two, because those are real fights. Those are tough fights. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. And I hope, I hope the career keeps going up. I hope it doesn't get lost in the shuffle for any kind of business reasons or any other reason. Oh, absolutely. Your guy, the uh, Polish caveman, Adam Konaki does return on this card as well. in a 10 round heavyweight bout against, Iago Kalaje or something like that. Hey, we'll we'll see what happens. Rafe, that'll wrap it up for this week. Again, special thanks to Shannon the Cannon Briggs for chatting with us about his future. Special thanks to you, Rafe Bugs. That's where they can find you at Twitter. They can also purchase your book this new year. Two and two, McSorley's My Dad and Me. That's the correct title, right? We're still going with that? Correct. 100%, guys. You know, still out there on Amazon in bookstores. Go ahead, check it out if you're interested and uh, we'll have a paperback coming out later this year for you cheap mofos. Did you see that our 2017 James Bag Award winner uh, of our favorite Twitter fan, the at the Alex Godinez, sort of uh, mimic the name of the title of your book to work in some uh, Carl Frotch 80K-isms? Come on, that's, that's, that's prime. That's prime. Excellent, excellent, excellent stuff. Alright, shout out to the listeners. Follow Follow me on the old Twitter at B Campbell CBS and on the way out of here, Rafe. We always try to give the people two words to take with them. We out.